Welcome to the Millennial Therapist Podcast with Mao and Nao. This podcast is hosted by two millennial therapists who are true crime, forensic psychology, and macabre obsessed. This is not your typical mental health podcast where only mental health and social work topics are discussed. We dabble in various topics from cultural humility to military mental health to ghosts to interesting ways our parents use the paranormal to discipline us. Ed Kukui, anyone? <laughs> Why so many topics? Because we're millennials. To make things more interesting, one is an Air Force veteran and a mom of two. The other is currently serving active duty, and both are children of immigrants working to honor their ancestors. What's up, homies? Thank you for joining us at MTP with Mao and Nao. If this is your first time, welcome. Please subscribe and review. And if you're returning, oh, hey, beautiful, you look gorgeous. This is our stories from the homies episode where we read your stories shared to us from the homies. This is Mao and that's Nao. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so this first one comes from a friend and a colleague who is a fellow mental health therapist. I worked with her when we were up in Lowell. So this is from April. She has two different stories. I grew up in a house that used to be part of an old shoe factory. So the house always gave me a weird feeling. Yeah, shoes. My whole childhood was spent racing upstairs or walking through parts of the house with my eyes closed because the goosebumps and eerie feeling that someone was watching me was so intense. Well, Oh, that's awful. Oh, I, I would hate that feeling, especially 24-7. Yeah, and as a child in your own home. I definitely felt that, though. Like, we had a creepy-ass house, too, back in the day. For a period of time during middle school, my bedroom was a windowless room in the basement. On many occasions, I would wake up in the middle of the night to the feeling that my body was being crushed by big boulders. I couldn't move. I could barely breathe and no amount of screaming ever led to anything. I was told it was likely sleep paralysis, but it felt so vivid and real since I was awake for it. As a young adult, I was sleeping in a bedroom that was upstairs in the house. I woke up in the middle of the night to a dark figure standing at the foot of my bed in the front of the window. I was terrified and lay in bed hoping the ghost wouldn't notice that I was awake. I kept telling myself that this figure was just a creepy dream. One day, when my grandmother was visiting, she reached a story my cousin told her about a time when my cousin was living at the house I grew up in, and she stayed in my old upstairs bedroom. My grandmother described the exact same scene with the same exact dark figure at the foot of the bed, but I had never told my story to anyone. In that moment, I knew it was definitely a ghost and not just my imagination. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Old shoe factories. I forget if, I think she is from Lowell or if not close to it, but that area, it's very industrial. That's actually when uh, Lowell, Massachusetts is a huge part of the industrial revolution. That's where a lot of girls would be shipped off like fucking 10, 11, 12, maybe even younger to live on their own to work in these cotton mills to create textiles. Lynn, Massachusetts, where I'm originally from, whoop whoop, city of sin. Um, <laughs> we were known for the production for shoes also. So that area is very old and very creepy. Like the house that I grew up in, it was, I don't know the style of it, but it was a two-story, kind of longer, but the back room had it had its own staircase to the kitchen. So it made me believe that that was like a servant quarters. And that room always gave me the creeps. 
every time that room and the stairs itself it was so little yeah like i could totally relate to april's feeling of being watched and shit because i would like book it up the stairs I wish they had those, you know, those sound machines, the like EPB? those videos. Yeah, like I guess it's when they're trying to pick up sound or make yes. a connection with like el más allá, those souls further away. You know, I wish people could just have access to those right away, so they can turn it on and they can know for sure. Is it just me having the creeps, or am I right? <laughs> I think there is something similar you could get. There's a new podcast that I listen to called Ghost and Hose. They're actual uh, paranormal investigators. They start to talk about the equipment that they use. And, and one of them mentioned that they bought their like EBP reading machine or whatever from Brookstone or somewhere, like a Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> like, of all the places. And they're, they're like, oh, it's the beyond part. Here it's supernatural and the paranormal. Please buy your machine here. And bath towels. Gets you to drive off the tears. (laughs) Yeah, and for me, when, you know, she was saying that, I was like, oh, it sounds like sleep paralysis. But I think, okay, even if it is sleep paralysis, I think there's so much more. But for her to say, like, no, I was awake for it. Because she was telling herself, there's a part where she said, I was telling myself that it was just a dream. That it was just a creepy dream or something. For you to tell yourself that, like, pretty conscious dialogue. Yeah, you're going, like, that extra effort to try to convince yourself that it's not what you actually fear at that time right and and i have actually experienced sleep paralysis for decades my first memory was maybe when i was five or six and it wasn't until like later on i learned to work through it but in the beginning like as a child i couldn't differentiate between if it was sleep paralysis or a dream i always thought it was real so it's interesting that was able to be conscious of all of that all right and then she has another story about her three and a half year old daughter's interactions with ghosts oh man (gasps) it's about to get real it's like when cats or dogs sense that in the middle of the room like you know (laughs) i believe the same with kids i believe they're very hypersensitive to this kind of stuff yes for sure all right so this one reads my second story has been a three and half year saga of my my toddler daughter's interactions with ghosts when she was a newborn i would hold her while sitting in the rocking chair in her room and she would stare at her open closet no shut that closet (laughs) when she got old enough to smile she would smile while staring at the closet oh my this is not good (laughs) burn that closet just go ahead and just cement it shut eventually send it to the warrens (laughs) piece by piece then put it in the museum <laughs> yeah <laughs> have it blessed that's it oh hell no nah. okay okay oh my god there's so much more eventually she started pointing at the closet when she started developing words she would consistently say judy and babble while looking at the closet who's judy we finally had a <laughs> who that bitch <laughs> tell judy get the fuck out of my house We finally had a name to this weird encounter, so we started asking our elderly neighbors about the history of our home. Our house was built in 1900, and apparently there was a woman named Judy who married into the family who lived in our house many years ago. Judy has been a constant presence in our family ever since. My daughter has vividly described Judy and how she died and was taken away in an ambulance covered with a hospital blanket. 
we don't want to scare her since she's only three and a half. So we just roll with it, except Judy is part of our family. Oh, God, April, I'm laughing because this is fucking terrifying. Can you imagine the genogram on that <laughs> the family? Where do you put that? Where, where does Judy go? Like, <laughs> And how do you how do you mark her? Like, is she a circle, a square? Is she dotted lines? Is she there becoming a mesh? <laughs> Okay, okay, there's a little more. <clears throat> she apparently continues to live in our house and visit our daughter. I overhear my daughter having conversations with Judy on the monitor. It's honestly creepy as fuck sometimes, but what can we do? Ma'am, April, sage that shit. I don't know. Had some essential oils. I don't know. <laughs> some holy water. Help Judy chill. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like they're doing what they can and judy sounds like a lovely woman i mean try not to tell my toddler how you died though she's a little young for that keep that to yourself That's a little too far <laughs> judy you're going too far oh she's a gentle soul so she's still stuck here yeah mm. can we help you pass pass through did you watch the bailey syrian video the one with the two yes. medium ladies that was so interesting yeah, they were like describing i know i think there was even one part of the house where th- there was not such good vibes coming out right yeah was it the the dude it sounded like it was the man the young man that killed himself just just sad overall but you know it's so ironic this is her line of work and then she ends up in a house that has all this energy attached to it right and she completely felt it so yeah so guys if you do not know about bailey sarian she is an amazing uh, YouTuber creator that does Makeup Murder Mondays, where she does true crime and makeup, but she has a specific episode where she invites two uh, paranormal investigators to her house, and before she even tells them the experience, they kind of feel out the energy, and they're able to like tell her what they felt, which pretty much aligns with her stories. It's really interesting. It's fucking creepy, and I don't think she's at the house anymore, so that's good. That's good. Oh, man. Yeah, so April, thank you so much. That's fucking terrifying. Keep me updated, please. All right, first I would like to stay anonymous, but they are a lovely person that I connected with on Instagram, kind of just feeling out questions and stuff. So they shared with me, and Nao, this is a picture that I had sent to you earlier. Oh, no, I saw it, and let me tell you, I was literally parking, I pulled up, and I was literally like, WTF. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I can't wait to talk about it, <laughs> but I'm scared. Yeah, dude, I was, and I wanted to show you like right away, but I was like, I want to keep it organic for the podcast. That's why I sent it to you today. I was like, welcome to my world now. I just wanted to keep Nao up for 48 hours. No biggie. Yeah. (laughs) While you're on leave. It starts off as, so as a kid, I would go back to Maryland every few months to stay with my great grandma. She lived in an old house. It's those damn old houses that had a basement that no one really went in. It was mainly for storage. So one night I was sleeping on the couch in the living room and heard someone coming down the stairs from the top floor. I looked up and could see a ghost-like figure walking down the stairs and then when we got to the living room level turned and walked down to the stairs of the basement and I heard the door open and shut and everything. None of my family believed me and said it must have been a dream but after that the house always felt haunted to me. It was so eerie because no one believed me as a kid that the house was haunted and years later my 20s we found a picture from my childhood with an obvious spirit in it. Ironically I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs and the whole picture is kind of blurry and distorted but at the top of the stairs behind me in the photo is a very clear childlike 
dark figure. You can't see its face. The whole body looks blacked out, but there's definitely a ghost with distinct head, arms, and legs, and it's the size of a child. The creepy thing is that I was the only child in the family at the time. My mom had me very young, so there's no chance that there was another child in the house. And like I said, my great-grandmother lived in Maryland. We visited from California, so I didn't have any friends there. But once my mom saw the picture, she was like, oh my god, you were right, the house is haunted. And I'm sorry, my child, that I ignored this. Fucking 25 years later, thanks, mom. You owe me therapy money. I accept reimbursements through gift cards and (laughs) student loan payments. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at it right now and I feel like it's even, it's outside a door frame, right? And it's... Yeah, so in that picture, that figure is on top of the stairs that comes from... I guess she was saying like the upstairs level. So that figure ended up ascending or descending down to the living room and then turned to go on another set of stairs to the basement. Mm, okay. So it's kind of like a landing, a stair landing where they're... I see. And then... Yeah. I want to zoom in, but I don't even want to download it to my phone. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> don't make that shit official. Don't, don't be stored on my iCloud. For real. But you see like the full shape? But I almost feel like it's kind of a little bit tilted, like his shape, but it's yeah. actually just facing straight to the camera. Yeah, it, it almost, oh, I'm looking at it. I don't like it. <laughs> kind of looking over. It's so dark. Like it's a blackened figure rather than being dark from the room not having light. I think it's the figure itself that's that black, you know? Well, I'm curious to see, did they, but she said she didn't see the picture till after she was grown. So I wonder if her grandma saw that picture was like, hell to the no, and just like threw it out or something. I'm not going to invoke this. I'm not going to encourage it. (laughs) We're not going to talk about it. We're going to put this away. It didn't happen. It's like that time we were talking about that like uh, puppeteer person in, in Mexico. And he just, just buried, buried the puppets it. in the backyard. Didn't even try to get rid of them. Right. <laughs> just bury that in my mind and in my backyard. In the box of photos. And it's gone. Yeah. And it's gone. Goodbye. I keep looking at it because I'm a little bit mesmerized and perplexed I, by it. You're brave because I, I have to like avert my eyes and dissociate every fucking tattoo. <laughs> so I just got a story hot off the press from my my bestie Pauline. Hey, I love you. So this is about her parents' house. Me and Justin used to sleep over all the time. So it's an old house in New England. As most houses are old, old buildings. So that's not unusual. And then on top of that, like, you know, the land is probably sacred and stolen. So let's acknowledge that. So she writes, at my parents' house, who used to sleep over all the time, has spirits. Spirits only my dad can see. My brother heard it one time when he was living in the basement. Just footsteps and sounds of kids running upstairs. When her brother was living there, there were no kids. (laughs) Just to put that out there, there were no kids living that could be running around. It was definitely not my kids because they weren't born yet. When my dad was home alone, he would hear kids' footsteps in the house, too. He said he was also visited by a spirit of a young boy. The boy used to talk to him and all this shit. Oh, no. (laughs) I never asked about what. Pauline, I'm gonna need you to ask him the details. He would put out food and talk to him, telling him he needs to go away and not to be around anymore to scare anyone, which is a very Cambodian thing to do. That's exactly what my dad told me to do. One day, I went over there and noticed that there were crosses made from scotch tape, like invisible crosses on the wall and on all the doors. 
I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, and I never told you, in the basement there were handprints on the wall. No idea where they came from. Till this day, my dad never sleeps at night and sleeps mostly during the day. But this spirit doesn't come around anymore. What the fuck? Especially if it was a child's lost soul. I know, I feel like, yeah, like child ghosts are so sad. One, you died real young. Too like you're stuck in this child development ghost brain. Mm, maybe not even understanding what's going on around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, right. But her dad actually sat down with the child. I don't think he sat down. I think he was like, "Listen, bro, <laughs> here's some food. I'm gonna need you to buy." Oh, okay. So he kind of gave him like an offering, kind of like. That's exactly yeah. Because my dad told me to do the same thing when I I think I told. Did I tell you guys about the chip story? I had some experiences where I heard spirits and stuff and ghosts. My dad's like, "Oh yeah, those are the guardian children that look out after you. Just give them some snacks, some M and M's." It's like mm, I don't know. I don't really want to share. I was the only child, <laughs> but I did. So you're more worried about not sharing. <laughs> yes. Not my chips. Not on my block. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, not my homegirl chips. Get out of here. Skedaddle. <laughs> Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, so no, her dad, like, did an offering, and it's like, listen, you're scaring people. <laughs> oh, my. Did he, did he ever... And I guess it worked. I wonder if he had, there was, like, a name to this entity, kind of like Judy, where they, they knew, like... Yeah, the... I don't think he asked. <laughs> oh, I hope Judy didn't pass away on her own by herself, because maybe that's why she's still stuck. Yeah, it sounded like I think Judy had passed by herself maybe in the house if she was living alone. That's a creepy one. That one just came out. Thank you, Pauline, for sharing. Here is one from another mutual friend of Nao and I's, Odette. So she wrote, I was born in the Philippines and growing up there until I was four, I was surrounded by family. It was amazing and I actually have several partial memories I can still remember to this day. Most of my memories are happy and good, but there are two that stick out to me that are weird to say the least. The first one I remember at the time, my mom and I shared a room together in my grandma's house. I was probably three or four years old. During that time, my mom was attending college in the city and my dad was in Guam working and finding out how to petition us to join him. In the meantime, we were there living with extended family, which is the norm in the Philippines. The house is old and located near the local town hospital. A lot happens in a hospital and we heard it was very haunted. Anyway, one night, my mom laid me down to bed. She usually would sleep with me. However, I think there was a party or something going downstairs, so she wanted to stay up and socialize. Mommy was trying to get her party on. (laughs) I don't blame her. I remember being scared but also accepting and trusting that my mom would be back. Of course a toddler isn't afraid of the dark. As I was laying on my side facing the wall trying to fall asleep I remember there was a light peeking through the window. I don't recall where the light was coming from but I remember seeing a shadow of a girl standing not too far from me. At first I thought it was my cousin as it looked her height. So I called her name a few times but no response. I think after a while I just fell asleep. She just... She she just like dissociated to... Like, nope, nope, nope. She's like, nope. (laughs) She noped herself to sleep. Oh, baby Odette. But to this day, that memory sticks with me. I question it and wonder if I may have seen a figure of a doll. I don't give a fuck if it was a doll. That's creepy. I don't even know how to describe it. No doll should be childlike. Maybe I was tired of just seeing things. All I know is it made me feel afraid and something I can still remember to this day. I feel like if you remember something that vivid and that visceral feeling, there there has to be some truth to it. And I think at that age, you don't have as many, like, tainted experiences. Especially if you had a good childhood like uh, Odette does, where her fight or flight is most likely pretty accurate. It sounds like the memory was very vivid, but 
maybe maybe she wasn't even scared off by the ghost because we you know we sometimes we associate like the paranormal or supernatural with scariness for like especially for the communities that we come from that happened yeah right or you're not even aware that it's out of the normal that it's paranormal they're like oh it's just a figure that it should be good or bad it's just you know that that was there and that's just life <laughs> creepy 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 all right this one is the ooh the second story Oh, this one's interesting. I read a little bit of this one. Promote it also. The second story is me. The second story is of me having a vivid memory of me being held over fire by some lady. Excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? All right, let's dive in. I want to know more. <laughs> now that I'm older and have talked to my mom about it, she says that it was a witch doctor or a abulado. Uh, in Latino cultures and in the Filipino community, we have a lot of um, similarities, right? Yeah. So for us, we have the curandera or the shaman, natural remedies, faith yeah. healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's exactly what it is. So she says that it was a witch doctor or albolado in Ilcano, which is another dialect. The backstory behind that is, according to my mom, she was noticing that I would get sick to the point of having fevers, then it would instantly go away. This kept happening. My family start to get worried. I think they tried to do the traditional route first, getting me help through the doctor. However, it wasn't working. Not sure who suggested it, but my family decided it might be best that I get seen by the witch doctor. So I was taken there, and all I can remember is being held over a fire for a brief period of time. When I got older, my mother explained the full story to me that the witch doctor had stated that I was getting sick often because a spirit was trying to take me. Where I used to play around my grandma's house, there was a spirit that apparently liked me so much that they wanted to take me. That interpretation meaning into the spirit world. Ooh. So the witch doctor's antidote was a series of specific steps that needed to be thoroughly followed by my grandma. I'm assuming that she was assigned to do it as the spirit was coming around her house. At a certain time, my grandma was instructed to go outside, start cleaning rice or something like that and while she was doing that nobody was allowed to talk to her while she was doing that one of my cousins who was known to be a trickster and i'm not sure he was aware of what was going on came by and started bothering my grandma my grandma got upset and felt she wasn't able to follow through with the witch's instructions that night my cousin stated that he had a dream that someone approached him and was begging and pleading that he go with him to take me my cousin in his dream fought against this person was able to push them away when he woke up, apparently my sickness went away for good. This story truly baffles me to this day. I often wonder how much of it I want to believe, and I try not to question or come up with other scenarios of what could have happened if my cousin in his dream decided to follow this person to come get me. Still gives me chills to this day. Wow. Us too, honestly. <laughs> oh. So many, wow. so many parts. Seriously. Oh, man. And then I honestly think especially children being gentle souls i can see where like those kind of energies would want to we've talked about this before where in our community specifically this is something that we believe that there might be a possibility in latino communities we have it's not the same but kind of it just reminded me as you were telling me how she felt about it. it's called mal de ojo this is when you mal de ojo is like the bad eye the bad eye yeah and it's like uh, you can definitely transmit some kind of energy, negative energy uh, towards a child if this is looked at for, at a, for like a prolonged period of time with exaggeration, like exaggerated admiration or mm-hmm. it's enough to like unsettle or, or bother a baby. And so uh, we often say like, Te va a echar mal de ojo, or, they're going to give you like the bad eye 
just because we're already sensing those energies. So. You would use that phrase or that term to describe somebody that like is kind of sketch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I think it's more of a, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, it's common practice. Tell parents that just to be careful with certain people that people sense they're not going to give good energies. So, oh man. Odette, we're here for you. <laughs> we're always sending you good vibes. <laughs> you let me know. We will hold you over a fire if we need to. <laughs> for real. I wonder if the cousin, like, he probably does or they probably do or they remember this kind of dream very vividly. So when she told me that, I was like, hold up. So that witch, or sorry, the spirit is still around because her grandma never got to finish the procedure because of the cousin. So that's probably why the cousin, so the cousin was in view of that spirit that was around the grandma so she's like oh i'm gonna latch on to him in his dream to get the little one it's interesting because she was like i don't know if this is normal or if this has happened before and when she was telling me the story i was like it it sounded so familiar to me because i listened to a lot of other podcasts like paranormal podcasts i had recommended it to her and she texted me like almost immediately after she listened to it it's called stories with sapphire so it's sapphire's Sandello, and she is a Filipina-American creator, and she has a really good podcast where she talks a lot about healing and her Filipino culture, and she's shared stories of other people that have experienced something similar to that, so I think that hopefully was helpful for you, Odette, because uh, that's what you get for her being a cute-ass baby. <laughs> and then I have, it's not specifically me experiencing it, it's kind of the gateway to into really the saging and the cleansing and that type of healing. I've always been a believer and lover of ghosts and everything paranormal because it was always around and growing up Cambodian, you hear about it like it was nothing, like it was just another story. Luckily, I had never visually seen one, but I would hear, we lived in like a house that was built like in the 1800s. When my dad bought it, it was like crazy boarded up. It was a fixer upper, it was so old and he bought it for really cheap. So I'm like, yeah, this shit's definitely haunted. I would hear the bathtub running. I would come home because I was a latchkey kid, like it was the 90s and I would walk home from school, Uh, but it was like literally down the street. But yeah, I would, and then my dad would come home, but while like those few hours, it would be the bathtub running and then we had a formal dining room that led to the kitchen and that door would just close and shut, like it would swing back and forth and creak all the time, but there was no crosswind or anything. Like I hated it. It was awful. But what got me was where I truly believed in the power of cleansing and spirits and blessings, um, which we do in the Cambodian culture of like blessing homes. Like when we have a, you know, a new house or a new living space, we bless the homes. We have monks. We have prayer. So I was getting my lashes done and the lash technician was telling me about her really good experience with a like a tarot card reader. And essentially, I don't call her psychic, but you know, she was was a spiritual guide, I would say. And she was telling me how it pretty much like was on point and kind of what what that session consisted of. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Like I'm I would like to do that because it was right before Justin and I got orders to Travis. Like we had no idea where we were going. And I was like, where are we going to be sent next? I was like kind of feeling lost, and I just needed something to one distract me and two like ease my anxieties. I went there purely to find out like what's in store for me and what's going on. 
so she does tarot cards, which I did not, like, even think she was going to do. I've never really got into that at all. I don't know anything about it. So she was using it, and she would go through everything. But the main point of, of this is that I told her, yeah, my daughter has been having a hard time sleeping. We we lived in a really great apartment in, uh, in Medford, and, like, fairly new, like, and she loves that space. Like, she had her own room. It, she was the only child at the time. She did not have a hard time falling asleep and staying asleep on her own. But for a good, like, three weeks, she would wake up and come to our room, creepy as fuck, like, next to my bed and be like, I'm scared. There's a monster. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, and by the way, baby Harper is the sweetest little thing ever. She's the cutest. And, uh, but I can see that, like, especially, like, I think we used to joke that you guys would say, like, with her hair, like, <laughs> in front of her face, and, and then telling you guys that. It's all scraggly. <laughs> exactly. She'd be like, I have to poop. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, just be a ghost. Like, I'd rather you be a ghost so I can go back to sleep. <laughs> oh. But she would do that. She was doing that almost literally every single, almost every other night for at least three weeks. And she never had, you know, and she wasn't watching anything like scary, inappropriate that would pick up or spark up her magical thinking. So I was like, whatever, I would just help her. I would, you know, try to ease her mind or whatever and bring her back to bed. So I tell the spiritual guide that and she's like, oh, yeah, your daughter is she's very sensitive to energies like that. She's like, did you ever see her waving at like the corners of the room and just random spaces. I was like, yeah, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, right? Thanks for making it real. And then I was pregnant with Miles and she's like, oh yeah, the boy is going to be the same. I was like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done here. I like flip her table. <laughs> her tarot cards. I'm out of here. Fuck <laughs> your couch. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, awesome. And then she goes, you know, if you want to essentially see if you can get rid of that, like, negative energy or whatever energy is bothering her, uh, you should try saging. Have you ever done that? I was like, no, not at all. It's not, saging itself is not in our culture. So I didn't know how to properly do that. She walked through it with me and she gave me, like, white sage incense, which I fuck with incense all day, every day. Like, we use that all the time, but I never used it to cleanse. It was always to, like, honor our ancestors. So she gave it to me, which was really sweet. And she was like, oh, I recommend trying this. Like, she was not trying to sell shit to me. She gave me a bunch of free stuff. And I go home. I sage it the way she told me to. Like, I light it in the house. No fucking lie. That night, Harper slept through the whole night. Did not wake up once to tell me that she was scared. And she maybe woke up once or twice and said I can't sleep after that but not once like did she mention that there was like another ghost or no like a monster or anything scary and she was maybe around two so she didn't have quite like a big imagination to now she thinks about monsters that she watches on tv and then it scares her but she was not at that level of development yet that was fucking crazy so I was like yeah I'm gonna sage everything really creepy scary and uh, and I'm glad it worked <laughs> it works folks Sage it, do the limpia, cleanse it, do what you need to do, light up the candles. But definitely go to a professional more in this field, because <laughs> I know we joke around a lot about cleansing and stuff, but I don't know the... I just light it up, and I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> I'm going to spread this good vibes around here. Keep the door open and ask them, would you like to step out? <laughs> like, please go. One thing I did 
learned from reading and hearing about like the cleansing ritual is make sure you open your windows and doors not only to air out the smoke but so the spirits and the energy has a place to go because if you don't have that open space it'll just stay stagnant and it'll just move to a different part of the house that's one piece that i know about um, I mostly follow my mom's lead <laughs> when I tell her things. And, uh, I'm like, hey, mom, what do you think about this? And uh, did I ever tell you about it? So we used to live in an apartment, right? One time, me and my sister, we were in our bedroom. We used to share a bedroom. Uh, we were just joking around. I don't even remember what we were joking around. Kind of in conversation, you laugh together. The laughter kind of dies down. In our bedroom, we had like this old school furnace thing. It was like a heater. So me and my sister, like just picture us, you and me, like just laughing. Like, ah, ha, 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 you know, whatever. And then out of nowhere, we both stay quiet. And because uh, the laughter died out. And all of a sudden, you hear like a laugh coming out of the furnace. Stop. Stop. I can hear it. Stop. <laughs> Till this day. Me and my sister remember this, and I could hear it in my head, where it's, it's like, it's just a, a, like a weird laugh. I don't even know if I'm imitating it right from what it sounds like in my head, or what she remembers. But we both looked at it, and of course we went with my mom, and she, right away she started blessing the place. She was like, nope, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. Wait, so it's an old school furnace, right? Like the old school radiator. Yeah, like, uh, I don't even know, instead of being like rectangle... It was like a tall rectangular thing. Oh, And it okay. had like the vents and then it had like mm-hmm. a little thermostat turn it on. Gotcha. So it was like kind of like old or I don't know if it's old. I wonder, was it your neighbor? We, we did have neighbors. You can hear things in apartments. But when I tell you that it felt like they were laughing with us and almost right next to us. Okay, okay. Like, like I mean, it, interesting enough, our neighbors at the time, we had known them for our lifetimes. So more or less, we knew what the family member sounded like, but it sounded so clear. That was not the first time. And you know, in the traditional Mexican household, uh, I'm talking about Saturday, six in the morning. That's when mom wakes you up with Mexican music because she's already cleaning and she's already getting things done. And you know, that's how you get woken up. Six, seven in the morning, you know, she, she's getting everything done. Uh, my mom tells me this story where, and she's a strong believer, I don't know where she got this, where you don't clean at night. You just don't clean at night. And I'm going to have to look up why in our community you don't clean at night, but that's her, that's her thing, right? Are you Googling it? Yeah, so to show right now, the first thing that comes up is superstitions. It, it says that not to sweep at night because it's bad luck. Uh, also, you're not supposed to mop so when it's night. You're not supposed to like sweep near people's feet because that's also bad luck in love. Oh, yes. I've heard of that in our culture. That it, I think for money, though, it's like fortune. So I'm going to have to ask her, maybe insert the tidbit why. <laughs> so you still don't, don't sweep at night. So my mom said she, she didn't decide whatever reason. I think me and my sister, we were out and um, she just decided to clean. And, you know, she's doing her thing. And out of nowhere and she describes being in the kitchen and the sink is up against the wall right and then behind her there's two windows and so for the most part in el paso uh it's hot all the time at night it's not uncommon to just open up your windows to give your ac a break in the desert it might get cool enough it's still hot but it's cooler than throughout the day so she's doing her stuff right uh while she's in the kitchen out of nowhere she hears hola like a like a woman's voice Oh, no, ma'am. Mm-mm. She's kind of like startled because, you know, she, first of all, she's by herself. And secondly, because 
it was an apartment, right? Like you said, like there's neighbors, especially the way it's positioned. Some apartments have like several entryways. And so she was kind of like questioning like the whole thing. Who the fuck came right. in? Right. Yeah. So, so that was another thing that had happened to her. But so she said it was kind of like our experience, but it was like just so clear that she heard it. <laughs> As you're saying some of these things, I'm like, you could see how somebody that might experience some of these things might think like, am I imagining things? Am I hearing things? Like, am I completely losing it? But no, some of this stuff does happen. Right, right. And and I think what the piece feels so, like, real, too, is that a lot of times you can tell the difference when you're thinking in your head and, and then when it's outside, like, the auditory is outside of your head. Yes, ma'am. So, so you know, I guess that there was somebody thought that me and my sister were funny enough to join in. <laughs> I mean, we are, I don't hate that. We are pretty funny, huh, sister? Our number one fan. Sending you a shout out. Yay! Woo! Yeah. So go ahead and uh, send your stories, please. <laughs> yeah, we're going to probably probably be as creeped out as you are, but I think we offer some validation with that. <laughs> yes, I believe you 100%. Always. Oh, man. So uh, let me go back into my account, delete this uh, weird alien child that you sent me <laughs> the picture. So creepy. Seriously. Um, and of course, we're going to include the pictures in there in our Instagram when we post it. All right. Well, I think that's all I got for today. Um, so thank you for our homies <laughs> sending the stories. And if you all have any ghost stories, anything weird or I don't know, whatever, send it, send it to us, please. We would love to chat about it, and you can always stay anonymous. We are happy to do that. Till next time, homies. Keep it real. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us, and be sure to come back where we continue to explore true crime, psychology, the paranormal, mental health, and everything in between. We would love to hear from you, so email us at millennialtherapistspod at gmail.com with your ghost stories, paranormal experiences, questions about therapy and counseling, or the social work field. And don't forget to share, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember, you are valued, you are enough, and you are not alone. Please subscribe and review. Bye-bye. Although we are licensed mental health therapists and may cover therapy-related subjects, the topics in this podcast should not substitute professional, psychological, or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are a victim of a crime which includes but not limited to stalking, human trafficking, financial crimes, or sexual assault, please know the Victim Connect Resource Center can help. They are a referral helpline where crime victims can learn about their rights and options confidentially and compassionately. A traditional telephone-based helpline is one 855 victim or one 855 or you can connect with them at chat.victimconnect.org or at the website victimconnect.org. If you or someone you know is in crisis, whether they are considering suicide or not, please call the toll-free lifeline available 24-7 across the United States by calling one 800 273 8255 or visit suicide U.S. and Canadian listeners can also text home to 741-741 to connect with a trained crisis counselor. UK listeners text home to 85258 and Ireland listeners text home to 50808.
For more mental health resources and support, international listeners can visit the website unitedgmh.org slash mental-health-support to find more mental health services and resources. And if you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, connect with the Veteran Crisis Line to reach caring, qualified responders with the Department of Veterans Affairs at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or text 838-255. Or you can always visit veteranscrisisline.net. If you or anyone you know may be experiencing domestic violence, you can find resources and support with the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Visit thehotline.org or call 1-800-799-7233.